Hey, Jeff. Yeah. We have a very special episode today. Yeah. Another episode of Behind the Bar brought to you by At the Bar Podcast. We are here live at World Beer UCF, the event I've been waiting for for a very long time. Ever since we announced it. And by we, I mean you, Jeff. I did. I announced it, yeah. So that's Jeff, as always. Last week, I think, if, Lenny, if the oh, timeline I, makes sense. Or the episode <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> as always, I'm your host, Mike, with me, the ever-famous Jeff. And we have a very special guest. We have three special guests. But the most important one, he's to my right. He's in red. He's hey, Ryan Parker. <laughs> Ryan Parker of Red Cypress. Hey, hey. How are you doing today? Good, good. How's it going? Fantastic. It's a little cold, but uh, we'll manage. Yeah, no, so we're not at, too bad. We're at the Red Cypress distribution debut show. So they finally hit market. Local brewery hit market. So it's a good. it'll be a good episode, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we got enough beer for it to be a good episode. We do. We're, this, <laughs> this table is covered. To my left and Jeff's right, we have two guests sharing a mic. Goose. It's very cute, Goose by is the way. Back. <laughs> Goose, Goose is back. I'd be back for the first time. Yeah. No. no, no. Debuting. Debuting. <laughs> we have Goose and the number one man here at World Beer UCF, Mr. Deason. I'm here until my wife is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very special episode. Like I said, we have, we're, we have lots of red ciphers. We have Ryan here, the guy who makes it. So, I'm ready for it. So, Ryan, tell us about Red Cypress. Yeah, so, um, you know, my wife and I met at UCF, and then um, after we graduated, we moved away for a couple years. A few years after that, we kind of had the chance to move wherever we wanted in the country. Uh, number one option at the time was Bend, Oregon. You guys know anything about Bend? It's oh, like yeah, Oregon. 11 breweries now for, like, 80,000 people, most breweries per person, any other city in the yeah. country. Um, uh, so close to moving out there. We decide we'll move back to Orlando. Um, we get here and we realize that like it's it's a void for, for local craft beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there was like three producers at the time compared to 30 plus in Tampa and like right. a dozen and a half in Jacksonville. Absolutely. Um, so we just decided to go for it. I mean, it was like someone needs to, so why not us? Orlando yeah. is a very slim market for craft well, we've, breweries. We've talked about it in the past on the podcast, but it was actually what we talked about earlier, Ryan, when I first met you, was just that, that fear in Orlando of anybody really going for it in craft beer and everybody right. just kind of doing doing the big fish in a little pond technique and, yeah. and being there and being happy with just being the small guy on the street and having their regulars and everything. And uh, I love that we really attacked it, it seems like, with, with your facility and, and hitting distribution hard right out of the gate. And... Um, I think it's going to be a really good result for you guys, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, area. and that was from the very beginning. We, I said, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to half-ass this thing. And absolutely, I, yeah. That was kind of the goal from the very beginning. Yeah, you don't want to go through that whole process of opening a brewery and, you know, the permits and the paperwork just to do things half-assed. Yeah. And then sell out to Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it takes two years regardless, you know, from beginning to, like, from conception to opening, like, whether or not you do it, like, a tiny system or, like, a huge system. So right. why not go for it? So, so when, when did you start the process of, of Red Cypress? Um, well, it was about, I guess, maybe 22 months ago. So March 2014 was oh, kind wow. of, like, when we decided, like, when we, you know, c- conceived it. And I think the first thing we did is I um, put in money and had a consulting company come down to Orlando and uh, do a market and sales analysis of and course, tell me yeah. what they yeah. thought. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those things that I'm doing my research, but, you know, I didn't want to have confirmation bias that I'm only looking at the good, so I'm only seeing good. I wanted a third party to come in and say, like, 
no, you're just a great idea, or no, you're an idiot. You need to just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> bail, bail, bail. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what what made you choose Winter Springs? Was that your first choice? That or? was uh, that was a long process. I mean, zoning laws, especially around here, are are crazy. Um, you know, UCF grad. I actually wanted to be really close to the college. Um, we looked in, uh, you know, unincorporated Orange County. We had to have been in, like, an industrial park. So, like, think, like, down Forsyth, like, the industrial complexes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be next to a welding shop. Like, we wanted to create a destination <laughs> brewery, and so that just wasn't an option. Um, you know, if we were going to be in unincorporated Seminole County, um, it was a three-month rezone process. And we had started it with the property actually right behind Graffiti Junction down the street. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. But... You know, it was an older guy. He actually just wanted to sell the property, didn't want to build it for us, and right. that just kind of fell through. And then um, I live in Oviedo, and Oviedo just, they have their own laws. That <laughs> Oviedo's <laughs> laws are absurd. Exactly. Yeah, they're, so, they're so wild, man. What, what's the next step, right? Yeah. Seminole, I mean, it's Winter Springs. And so uh, <laughs> it's right actually there, a yeah. permitted uh, C1 use to be a microbrewery in Winter Springs. So, like, no special hearing, no special exemptions, like, yeah. no nothing to special to sign. Like, we just... Opened a brewery in Winter Springs. It was great. Well, wow. well done. So, what, what kind of tell us about uh, the process of opening a brewery? Like, what'd you do? Kind of in the meantime, you know, you said tw- it's a twenty-two month process. Yeah, you do yeah. So, I mean, it's from you know financially. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, first step was you know spending the money on the consulting company, but that kind of left us with a six year roadmap on on what we were looking to do here. Uh-huh. Um, from then, we just started. You know, as uh, my primary partner, who's actually my father, he he started raising money. I started looking at locations, right? Um, you know, and then um, just kind of started working on those together. The location piece just took a good four to six months. I mean, it's just yeah, it's, you got to find hard. the right place. You yeah. know, it's like we're 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 not just looking at zoning, but then we're looking at square footage. We're looking at roof heights. We're looking at you know, is the owner going to let us put a three thousand pound boiler in the in the building? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just yeah. all this stuff. It's like, Things can we put a big of. pressure bomb in here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. why not? Yeah, it's like, well, around, yeah. you know, we have we have two like um, explosion proof rooms in the brewery, and so you have to find a landlord that's uh, willing that's okay to okay with that. Do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Goose, you have any any questions? Do you think you guys got anything before we move well, on? Well, let's wait till we get to the beer for Goose's question. Okay. <laughs> Goose has one question. He's already he's like chopping at the bit to be. Yeah. So Actually, um, the question Jason brought up to me earlier. So oh, okay. It's technically decent. So. We'll we'll get there. So when when did you guys open up shop officially? We soft opened um, October seventh, I think, and of, then we of, actually had our big grand opening November fourteenth of of twenty fifteen. Of twenty fifteen, yeah. So the question is. How did you hit distribution so fast? You know, because um, <laughs> you're talking, I, I you're, you're talking. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's three months ish. Yeah. Um, you know, one is we we have a large system. It's 15 barrel system with uh, okay. four 30 barrel fermenters. Um, so we have, and you know, and we're actually pre-piped for another 16. Um, so we can do you know 10 to 14 thousand barrels a month out of that facility once we have all our stainless. In. Wow. Um, Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how, and, and that's what I said. It's like that's how you can hit distribution hard right now, right out of the gate. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what a lot of people in the area are missing is they're they're just their facilities hindering their ability. They're opening to, up. Well, they're opening up full is what they are, right? You know, and that they just don't have. Uh, they can only add maybe two or three tanks, and then they're done. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing too is that you know I I hired a professional brewer to make our beer. Um, you know, I did some home brewing, but you know, it, I. I, when I was before I moved back here, I was in Fort Myers. It was like a mile down the road from Fort Myers Brewing Company. Yeah. Um, 
you know, like I watched them open up and everything. And so I know Rob and Jen, they're great people. But at the time, Rob was wearing, Rob and Jen, they were wearing like every hat. They were taproom manager, head brewers, head sales. You know, I mean, they did everything. And it's, you can get bogged down in the details. And um, I just wanted to make sure that one, I hired people more talented than I am, and let's that's be honest. I, that's, a be, smart, that's a smart. If, if I was brewing the beer, it would not be this good. I'll, okay. I can be very upfront with that. Yeah. And two, I mean, everyone has to have a role. You know, I mean, yeah. if we, with how big we are, I mean, I I can't do everything. Of course. You know, I I have a family. I can't be there running the tap room all the time. Right. I can't be there brewing the beer. It's just yeah. So you you went into it automatically assuming you're going to get bigger. You oh went yeah. In, you went in for the more or less the home run. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's, how you that's a, that's do a good it, idea. Man. A lot, you know, like you, you can't said. go in it with the idea that you might fail. That's the what's the most worthless point of starting a business. Well, you, you know, go and, in, and it in with, all honesty, I I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. This is a good product. We're gonna put it out. and We're gonna kill it. You know, yeah. it's like I also love like like you said, you can't get one person doing everything. You get bogged down in the operations and you lose. You're short sighted. It's day to day. Yeah, you can't plan out. Where am I going to be in three months? What's my strategy for getting there? You need somebody who's big picture oriented as well as people who are small picture oriented. So, you know, that's, that's where you you guys did it right, where you're, you're ready. You have the staff, you have the hierarchy in place where you have your tap room organized, you know, your tap room organized, you have your brewers organized, you have the, the small picture day by day, what we got to do to get good product out yeah and then you have your people who are looking big picture as well as where the brand oh, yeah. needs and, to you go know, every every decision we make we're always trying to look um you know down the road i'm always trying mm-hmm. to think you know where are we going to be in one two five years and make sure that i'm not you know like we're not doing something that's just we're going to have to redo in a year yeah or or you know change the policy in a year you know i mean we want to make sure that we grow into ourselves i mean that's some at least in, in orlando that what I, I experienced the breweries start as quick as possible, and they start really small, like Boegans. Well, you know, like, they're really, they're really, they're in a shopping center. They're really small, but the beers are really good, obviously. So, in order for them to grow, they would have to essentially move into an entirely other building and, right. and start from there. And it's, I hear this all the time in Orlando breweries, all that open up, it's always like, yeah, they're all right. And then, like, a few months down the road, it's like, oh, their stuff's starting to get better. And it's like, why can't they launch with good product and then be there already? Like, yeah. why take the time to iron out the details so that you can hit the ground running rather than, like, the big one. I mean, I, I don't want to bash them. They actually are putting out good stuff now, but they weren't before. Is uh, is ten ten? You know, I heard, I and, heard, yeah. And the, all I've heard lately is like, man, their stuff's starting to get really good, and it's like they've been open for how long? You know, and yeah. I. I live down the street from there, and I've been there a handful of times, but, like, their stuff's not great, and it's getting there, but, like, wouldn't it have been better to iron out the details and start now where you yeah. are, and now you build a reputation based off of good quality product? And that's the thing I had with Crooked Cannon in, uh, over in Claremont. Well, I went to their opening night, and every beer was hoppy. Their stout was hoppy. And I went to – I lived in Sanford at the time. I went to Wop Stops, and I said, you know, they're, why are their, their, their stouts hoppy? That doesn't make any sense. And Greg was said – Oh, well, they're still trying to iron out their system. Well, well then you shouldn't be open if you're well, trying no, to iron we, out your we, system. We actually dumped batch number two. Um, before we even opened our doors, we already had a full batch down the drain. And for the record, that batch contained 40 pounds of wet citra in it. And we still <laughs> dumped the damn thing. A little, little bitter, uh, pun intended. But yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what I don't understand is if, you're, if, you're, if you don't know your system, you shouldn't open. You know what else? And 
like you said, you said you have five cores already that yeah. we're going to hit that are going to hit distribution on a mostly permanent level. Um, obviously, as supplies mandate, but you'll you'll be mostly able to continue having those. Oh on yeah, permanently. yeah. The, the plan is, you know, we just don't. You know, that's the thing is, like, again, we sat down with our distributor, and it's there. There's nothing to to reference. There's no, nothing. to... Yeah. You know what I mean? There's the, like we, we were looking at Tampa launches um, to kind of get a frame of reference, but we also know that like these are Tampa launches over the past couple of years, and that's we needed to be looking at Tampa launches like five years, six years ago right. to get a to get a correct exactly. reference of what right. we're looking for here. Absolutely. So it's like another thing is like nobody opens with an identity. Having five cores out the gate gives you an identity. <laughs> that's a damn good that's, start. That's, that's like I know start. I know what to expect when well, I come out with Red Cypress. Right I know now, what yeah. I I know that they have these five beers. They're yeah. all quality. This is what I want to drink. I know this. Like I don't like going into a new brewery's tap room and every one of their beers is something different that they didn't have last time. Yeah, it's cool that you're trying new things and you're pushing the envelope. You want consistency. But like there's no consistency yeah. and there's no identity. Like yeah. honestly, Crooked Can, if you went over there, you said Crooked Can was all hoppy, right? Yeah. Like probably by mistake, but maybe I'm that's sure. their identity. I'm sure. Like yeah, yeah. we're the hobby brewery and in a world of hop or in a nation of hopheads, it's probably not a terrible identity, but at least you know what you get when you go there. Yeah. I don't want to go somewhere and not know what I'm getting in my glass. Yeah. You know, and it's like you have to separate yourself from is this a new operation? Is this a home brew like we talk about every time I t- try a beer? Yeah. You have to pretend I just ordered this at the bar, I got it out of a can, would I be happy with it or not? Right. If you don't know what you're getting, it's hard to know if you're happy with it or not. Yeah. So and consistency and having a brand and having an identity is important. And I hate to be Sesame Street's count, but there's six beers before you need Yeah. Well, one of them's a special limited release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's still six beers before you need. Which one's the limited? The, uh, the, the End is Rye is the limited, and it's actually my favorite one in front of us. Really? Right oh, yeah. I, I thought that the Saison I mean, was. The End is Rye is the bitter? Yeah, American bitter. The bitter? Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, where it's. Our apps is English bitter. So. What? Oh well, that's Uh-oh. actually, and so that's a good. That's, that's a good. Well, point, that's though. just the Wob categorizes well, beers exactly. in certain ways. So there isn't really an American bitter category. Right. So you're um, first on the scene. We, well, we brewed it, and we <laughs> were thinking like session ale, session pale ale. But we're like, it really, if you look at the English IPA versus American IPA, and I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but um, English pale versus American pale. You look yeah. at English bitters like the next step down, and then this is like an American version of that, and so, that's kind of we. A little bit bigger version of right. it, of course. A little course. bit hoppier, a little bit yeah. bigger, but still, if you look at those um, comparisons between the English and American styles, it's pretty much it's the same. I mean, it's it, about the same, yeah. yeah. So, uh, in terms of, so I'm assuming you you Q Q and A your beers before you just kind of like threw them out there in the public and. Oh yeah, yeah. So and you this, mentioned you dumped batch two. Yeah. So um, yeah, we we did. You know, every beer made at least one round through the tap room first. Um, and credit to Garrett, our head brewer, that he hit them so well the first round that we didn't have to you know we didn't have to like redo them a few times to feel like we were comfortable we knew with with batch number one we could send it out yeah so i mean that's good so what you have a you have a go ahead yeah so you said you you jumped uh round two out of something yeah it was actually it was a it was a, a spook hill uh spook hill pale ale with um we put 40 pounds of fresh citra so wet citra that we had just gotten in through the hop back as we were finishing it up. Um, 
but where we had a uh, we had something you know new piping with the glycol something got stuck in the valve it crashed halfway through the fermentation process oh, wow. no. too sweet it just and we just couldn't bring it back up to temperature without ruining the beer and which you know it like like you said we we want to be consistent we want yeah. to have great product and as much as it pained us because that was our only wet hops that we had it was it had yeah. to go so in terms that ain't, that ain't cheap no 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 not 40 pounds of it so in terms of distribution kind of what was that process like for such a, a new brewery like yourself for us it actually was um was pretty easy to be honest um we're, we're with brown distributing um you look at uh you know who everyone else is within the area and they actually now do not have another local craft beer uh, another orlando based right and they actually service the entire state but their warehouse and uh, management team for the craft and specialty division is based out of Orlando. Oh, um, wow. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, they're, they're right down by the airport. And so um, part of when we had that consultant come in, um, step step number one was, um, well, one of the steps was for him to, he actually met with as many of the local distributors that would meet with him. Yeah. You know, and we walked out of that meeting and he said that, he's like, Ryan, this is the best distributor meeting I have ever been in. Like, we're talking across the country. Wow. And so then when... When uh, Persimmon Hollow went to Perot and when um, Crooked Can went with FDC, it made all the sense in the world. Like it was, it was just that final piece. It was like, yes, we are going to be their their hometown brewery. They're, and that's they, awesome. They and our, the our, our Brown's glass big. went RNDC, so yeah, everybody I mean, everybody in the area went somebody else. So the, so. Yeah. And although I Brown, I, I know Brown has a huge Florida portfolio, yeah. but if they don't have anything in Orlando, they're going to push your brand exactly. Hard, yeah. and, and, and we know that they're probably will pick up like another Orlando brand in the future. I mean, it would just be ignorant to assume otherwise. Right. However, by that time, we'll be, you know, hopefully we'll be one of their top three brands at the time. You know, I mean, behind is that the saison? Yeah, you want to try? Yeah. Well, we have. I got we some have right one. here. We have one. <laughs> no, yeah, but behind you know. Um, Cigar City and Funky Buddha, you know, if we could be in that top three mix with them, I think that would be yeah. fantastic. That's a big ceiling, yeah. See, and I, I love that that's what your goal is. And like I said when we were talking earlier, it's like everybody has a fear to attack, like, can I be the next Cigar City? It's like Cigar City, honestly, like, I'm no, I have no qualms with Cigar City. Don't come after me, guys. But <laughs> there's a table. They've they've hit, they've hit tabled off a little bit. And, yes, I think they're doing some awesome stuff, and, and in the next few years they're going to – start really really taking off again with their barrel aging facility and some of the things they're doing um but they've they've tabled off and are allowing other people who are ballsy enough to catch up catch yeah. up and like funky buddha took the reins and was like screw it i'm gonna be the next cigar city and like i was just down at maple bacon night and it was freaking insane like i'm so jealous of you four thousand people like that's, that's insane crazy. that's it's so absurd crazy. and they all were there and it's like and, and the fact that Mabel Bacon made them famous and it was probably their, like, sixth best beer on tap that day is, like, a testament to, like, what they're doing. The, like, like I had last snow. I had uh, rum barrel-aged, uh, snowed in with, free, I mean, every kind of treatment of that you could ever imagine. Yeah. Like, they're doing crazy stuff, and it's like... That they have no fear of anybody. They're like, screw it. We're going we're gonna to be well, the I next biggest. I think they biggest, own you know? the Southeast Market. I'm sure they do, although the biggest line there was probably Jay Wakefield or Hunapu. So, <laughs> you know, they, they have they have their own competition. If Jay Wakefield would do more stuff, they'd be freaking unbelievable. But I hear good things about Jay Wakefield. So in, in distribution, kind of, you know, you kind of touched down on, on the, the Brown thing. So 
if you had to give advice before we get into these beers to breweries looking to get into distribution, kind of what uh, a piece of advice or things not to do. Yeah, you know, my, my one thing is we came in, I think I think what happens is that a lot of breweries, they um, they feel like, you know, the distributor needs to be their face on the street. It needs to be their salespeople. Like, they need to be yeah. the one pushing their beer. And, you know, I mean, that's great. I, I, I love that the team has been fantastic. You know, they've stopped by a few times. We've trained them on the beer. They, I think they really believe in our product. Um, however, like, we are you know we're putting in our own sales reps in the area we are um you know we, like even if they we want to be successful even if all they did was just deliver the beer for us yeah like yeah. but at the same so we're what i'm trying to say is when you're getting into distribution make sure it's a meaningful partnership because that's the only way it's really going to be successful like really look at yourself and how you're acting and you know are you you know as a brewery, are you pulling your share? Because it, it takes both sides. Yeah, the last thing you want to be is the is the brand that the distributor doesn't want to push because that's the death of your brand. Yep, right there. So yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's and the right. I've seen it. I mean, I'm not going to get into examples, but I know that there's a handful that have happened over the past couple of years. That right. That's what happened, and then you get into a pissing match, and then it's good for nobody because with how yep. the laws are in the state, you need to make it a good relationship. That's yeah. just how it is. Absolutely. Especially if you want to be top three in the state going up against <laughs> Cigar City yeah. and Funky Buddha. You got to get out there right away. You got to do that. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's a good ceiling to hit, though. You know, it's yeah. a, like, I don't want to be just the small fish of the big pond. Like we say, you want to, yeah, you, you want that big bat, fish. Like you want, I want to be that big fish in that small pond, you know, and, and make moves. Yeah, so, I mean, and, you know, I mean, we want to be like, I mean, the, I always, and I've probably been quoted saying this about a dozen times. We want to be the face of Orlando craft beer. You know, we, need, mean, we, we need we need one. one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need one. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's you, an open market right there. Everybody's so content with being their local town brewery. Yeah, Everybody na- loves it. Watering hole. It's like yeah, yeah I mean, we're in Hunter Springs, but we really yeah. we consider ourselves an Orlando brewery. Yeah, just of course. Because that's, it's it's that's we're in the metro Orlando. area. Exactly. You're, you're in the you're in the umbrella of Orlando, just like Sanford. You, you could classify as Orlando and and. Longwood. Ninety percent of Tampa breweries are not in Tampa. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just shit talk of the breweries, right? Uh, we could do that after. Yeah. We could do that after. What, 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 what did you just? Yeah. Like, what just came across your board? No, no. He want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> later, later, later. We'll later. do that after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get in some beers. Uh, you know, I've been really excited to. Uh, Daddy dive into these. is fired up. I was real so, fired up last episode, or uh, or yeah, next yeah, next, yeah, episode. next episode. <laughs> episode, yeah. <laughs> Next episode, I'm real fired up, guys. Yeah. So the first one we have up is the Death Roll. Yes. Yeah, the Death Roll Stout. This is the one I had the question about. Yeah. So, so um, just to kind of <laughs> He's the, the to bull preface, by the horns. To preface all the, my question. <laughs> yeah. to preface all the beers, you know, um, you know, and just like with the name Red Cypress, is that we wanted it to be harken. It wanted we wanted to harken back to Florida, but we didn't want it to be regionally restrictive mm-hmm. like if we were central florida brewing company we would have a hard time getting out of orlando um but like we said you know want to be big <laughs> that's I yeah. uh, the devil's chair like, well that's, I love do, that do you know the the story behind yeah, it I knew. Yeah, yeah exactly the it's, i love that yeah I and so that, i was like that's great spook hill is out in uh, fort War, lake <laughs> lake wales <laughs> and um you know death rolls is after the gal- alligator move and yeah. right fruit de la terre has florida orange peel in it so for the most part and the, even the first beer that we brewed had 200 pounds of uh, wildflower honey from Webb's, Webb's right off of 520. Nice. Yeah, so I mean, like, we're really trying to incorporate Central Florida and Florida ingredients Beautiful. and names I'm digging it. and culture into our product. I'm digging it. So this first beer we have is Death Roll. 
uh, Ryan, if you want to kind of go into yeah. uh, it's ABV. Milk stout, sweet stout. Um, it's, it's a low ABV beer. It's uh, <laughs> okay, so let's so let's. I, I wanted it's to address nitro. that. I wanted to address. So I was surprised because I was going through these beers. And your highest ABV beer is tied between your IPA and your saison, and I was like, I was like, wow, a saison at seven percent—that's pretty cool. But it's different, yeah. But I was very happy about the that stout. Level. The stout at four percent, and I was—I'll be honest with you—I you, was very curious on what that flavor profile is going to be on this beer. Right at four percent, just, just a stout head. It is. It is honestly very, very good. Yes. Super. I, I, it's, we actually, the reason is, is we have, it's a really complex malt profile. So there's not a ton of base malt in it that, to give it that high ABV, um, but a ton of malt in it to give it the great flavor. Right. I mean, that you was have, my question. And that was, yeah. Hey, why is the ABV so low? Yeah, exactly. What the hell, man? Hey, man. Give me the, give me the highest beer, highest <laughs> ABV beer uh, here. Sorry, man. it's only 4%. Oh, what? No, and we had like a we had an imperial stout that was like there's like eight kegs that we kind of just sent out just for the hell of it for this initial launch. Old <laughs> just let us know where those kegs are. Let's uh, let's John rush an Im- let's rush an imperial stout. Right this across the street, there's they have one no. over at uh, public, public house. house. Yeah, shout out to public house. I'll do it. I'll shout it, man. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. They're cool. <laughs> Take it. Let's yeah. go steal. <laughs> yeah, it there's only just like we just. I mean. Well, I take that back. There's there's one more barrel. We have a, a Four Roses barrel sitting Ooh. filled with that in our brewery right now. I think so, we're going to need that here. <laughs> <laughs> we have another party. So, go, you guys have something to say? say? Yeah. I had this a little bit earlier. Yeah. I had it a little bit earlier. And right. Fantastic. I mean, the, the profile was exactly as in the stand. I mean, right. I don't want to sell it short by saying if I was going to introduce somebody to a stout, this is what I want them to have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I want them to have this. It that is an adult milkshake is how I describe it. it. Yeah. Really it's so, a little bit of fun. So what I said when I first tried it, and Mike was actually waiting to the podcast, he wanted to try all of the beers uh, during the show right now. So he was this waiting. This is the only one I've had. This is the oh, only prior, one. Prior I, made, it, yeah. I made him try it. waiting for hours to because not stuff. I, yeah. I, was, uh, <laughs> I was drinking it, and I, I made him try it because I was blown away by the flavor of a 4% stout that just Absolutely. came out with a full body. And I was like coffee up front, kind of like nougaty, toffee, kind of caramelly sweetness in the back end, completely smooth finish, and the body is full the entire way through. And I was just like, this is a stout that I could drink all day and then i'm like and four percent i could drink this all day it's, so this it's, is perfect it's I like love a sessionable it. stout it, it really is with a great nose uh, you know light body to it and it like blew my mind like four percent and you're getting all of this for four percent and it's on nitro so it's, it's real nitro. smooth makes everything better nitro awesome you got some goose no yeah decent's like you have to you have to try this and i tried it I was like, it's really good yeah shit, i was i was very i was i was a little yeah. skeptical i'm like four percent to be like that's, colored that's water. It, I, it, it pretty much like, hit all my favorite flavors of yeah, malt in yeah. one beer. Somehow. I think I think the the Wob uh, classifies as chewy. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah, pretty chewy. So like a Snickers. So Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, we got we got to give it a, a score. I'm. What we, are we, we doing? do we do a score, Ryan? Okay. okay. What Obviously, do we do? One, one to ten. We do one, one to ten, ten with decimals. 
Okay. Point with decimals. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a like a school grade. How like many decimals gonna have? Well, I'm giving one. it. I'm giving it an A. Like, don't be like Thomas. He's like six point seven six five. Well, no, whatever. He just did six point six six because he wanted it to be the devil's number because yeah. he's the worst guest ever. <laughs> Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> I, I, that's why you should keep him in the kitchen. <laughs> no, I love Thomas. He's good. No, we do. We do like uh, six point seven and eight point eight. His his Kinda staff like, pick like a was school. a nib smuggler. So I can't like, get, I can't hate on a that. nine or above would be an A beer. I'm giving, you know, I'll, I'll give us like a nine point four, nine point five. I think it's a solid A. Like it's a really good yeah. stout for what it is. You know, Absolutely. And, and for a core beer, we don't expect a core beer to be like a perfect ten because those are going to be like your whales. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm like sure your down dark the line and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Down right, the right. line, right. you're anticipating. I'm sure on on making treatments of your. Course, yes. yeah. as most Florida this is beers do, especially. Beer. And when we get to the saison, there's actually a few things we act we have going that's, on that's, right now that um. Yeah. Go ahead, Dixon. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that saison. <laughs> we'll get- um, but no, the, the stout. I mean, I, nine five. Yeah. I, I would drink it constantly, and I would absolutely it to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, Goose, go a, for it. I'm at a nine point five. Like, yeah. Seriously, I, I, I would do. I would do ahead. a nine point four, yeah, yeah. nine five. Just be, and just, I love stouts, and I'm still giving it a score in the yeah. in the mid A's. Yeah. Like yeah. it's I mean, right it's, there. It's a solid solid offering. And you know, we, I mean, we wanted beers to go back to that ABV thing. We wanted beers that we could just drink ourselves. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. So I'm gonna drink that all day now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the best of both worlds, Jeff. You know, us us guys liking stouts. You know, most of them are eight percent or higher. You only oh, have yeah. a handful, and then no. you're in the well, and if they're if they're not eight percent, they're not stouts. I like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, they're, they're, they're porters or imperials. Right, well, I like porters too. Don't get me wrong, but no, they're yeah. If if it's not eight percent, it's usually lacking in flavor, right, or body, right. My big thing, it, it's the weirdest thing for me. I'm like the only person who actually takes into effect body as like a true tasting factor. I feel like most people are all about flavor finish. Uh, smell everything the nose, else. everything yeah. else, but the body. No one really puts too much thought into me. To me, the body is everything. I can I can drink a beer that I don't particularly care for that has a full body that doesn't fall off the palate that make because I, I, I kind of attribute it to wine a little bit. Like you need to have all those characteristics that make your mouth kind of salivate, that make you want more of One it. More, yeah. and that's if you don't have that, the beer falls short to me. And that's why a lot of sours are super hit or miss for me. Is yeah. that sometimes I feel like I'm tasting really good tasting air, and then it's just <laughs> and then it's just gone. And yeah. you're like, wow, that had no tannic anything, no like Absolutely. bite. Yeah. It just it kind of was tart and it was a little bit salty, and then it disappeared. And you're like, up oh, and now I yeah. need now I need to take another sip because I have nothing to drink. But and just you're done with one in thirty seconds and it's gone. Yeah. So like. Like this saison that we're gonna get to later, but I'm just gonna preface it like full bodied. So like, that's a saison that holds up even though it is supposed to be traditionally a very light beer. Which you went a different route with it all together with seven percent. But um, it's it's good and and I like bodies everything to me. And I think that's kind of I call myself like a malt man a little bit. I definitely like the maltier styles, but right. I'll drink any style as long as they have a good body. The look you, you just gave. Why decent. did you not like a malt? You don't like malt because you're a yeast guy. No, no, no. The malt's fine. I was just agreeing with you that you, yes, you are the old guy. <laughs> the only guy that cares about body. No, old, old, old. I thought you said old. No, I, I, I kind of, no, that, I am, that's I'm, you, man. I'm an old guy too. <laughs> I'm old at heart. So I'm this, a I'm a 27 year old, 50 year old. <laughs> so this guy, this guy, I'm old at heart 
A's across the board, so that's that's a pretty good start. On, uh, on a side note, look at how pish posh this group of people we have at this table is. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting called old. Deason's over here, Silver Fox in it. We got <laughs> we got Duck Dynasty over here yeah. with Goose. It's okay. Ryan's the best dressed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm working. Yeah, you're working. <laughs> it's pretty pretty good gig. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> Somehow I get to sneak away to drink beer every Thursday. Although today is not Thursday, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Are you complaining about it? Absolutely not. Okay. So next up we have. What's up, Deep- Preston? <laughs> yeah, that was not him. I know. Well, I know he's listening. I, I, so I know. I texted him, like, hey, you have any questions to ask Ryan from Red Cypress? He's like, why is Mike such a bitch? <laughs> I think I can answer um, I, that. I'll, I can answer that at the end of the podcast. Okay. Thank I you. Think I'm going, I think I'm going to just do a shout out to Preston every week. He, <laughs> yeah. I, I think me and him have had like a little bit of beef already. I'm ready for it. He, he doesn't. We'll get there. <laughs> so the next, next beer we have is a Deep Roots, which is a yep. Vienna lager. Correct? Uh, actually, we it's an amber ale. Um, oh shit! Damn it, Wob. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, actually we we saw this a couple places, and I sent an email out earlier um, yesterday just to kind of clarify it. Vienna Lager is kind of the well, actually Vienna Lager would be the inspiration for this beer, uh-huh. but we wanted it to be an ale because one, we wanted to be able to turn it over a little bit faster, right? Um, and two, you know, just in terms of Vienna Lager versus amber ale. We feel like uh, amber is going to be a lot more approachable just in the name and the style. The market share is a lot higher for an amber ale, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it is – it'll – so tastes. I mean, it'll you'll you'll get notes from like a Vienna just because it it is an all-German malt bill uh, with an American hop schedule, so it's a little different. Um, We actually – we call it a hybrid amber. Yeah, it it smells uh, like a Vienna slash amber. It's a different smell. But are you are you drinking that? No, I've tried this no, earlier. I'm not it right it's now. it's okay. got a little bit of a spice kind of, not that, a spice. No, it's, no, it's not peppery, German, but yeah. yeah, the German malt kind of adds a little bit of notes that people. It's because it's not a true American amber ale, right? What ABV is this? Like four point four and a half somewhere. Four and a half, there, yeah, under five. Yeah, go for it. It's very light, mm-hmm. sessionable, drinkable. Joss, this is our. Um, this is our converter beer. <laughs> this is like, oh, oh, oh. This, this is, hey, I don't really know if I like craft exactly. beer. Can I try you know, something? And That's good, right? Daddy-like. <laughs> Daddy-like a lot. Actually, today when I made uh, the fresh batch of beer cheese, I used the, this beer in it today. Did you? Oh, all right. So now right, you know, guys. You Come out and get some, uh, get some beer cheese. Or get some Vienna lager slash Amber Ale beer cheese. Corporate's not listening. It's okay. I get kind of like a, like a, like a creaminess. Like a, I guess it's like the Vienna Lager, like the, the malt. Like I get like a cream, light. Yeah, airy. I'll say I'll say after I drank about nineteen stouts on Saturday, this would have been a really nice beer to finish the night with. You know, it was funny that we've done a few <laughs> events and we brought this, or we brought like our pale ale, and because everyone's like IPA sour, like double IPA, and then oh, like, we know we have like <laughs> we have like like deep roots and our pale ale and everyone's like oh i can actually drink like a full glass yes. of this like just like give me two <laughs> yeah. well we did i mean we were doing sampling so we had burping a little bit we had like uh Get it together jeff like nine of us that were right. all there so we had to split up there's 15 different <laughs> 15 different lines so we had to split up and everybody get kind of one or two beers each yeah at each line because once the rare stuff comes out they did tappings at four and seven so once that stuff is tapped if you're not in line and you just wait till the line dies down. You try to go up. That keg's gone. Right. So we split up. Everybody gets their stuff. We go. We all got back together. We try all this stuff. Somehow I end up with like 
2013 Hunapu, a barrel aged uh, a barrel aged snowed in, and then like a Imperial Breakfast Stout that was like 11 and a half percent, full glasses of them, and I end up with them, and I'm like, everybody's like, this is at nine o'clock at night at this point, and I'm like, here guys, like I can't drink all this, you know, like I've I've been drinking giving it away. I'm like I've been drinking for like like six hours, giving it away more than that. We drank before we went out. So about yeah. like I've been drinking for like seven hours at this point, and we're everybody's stouted out because yeah. we've all been drinking stouts all day. Right. And I've got like three nine percent or higher beers in my hand. Sure enough, I drink them all. Of course, it's me. Yeah. What a man. You know I do that. Yeah. Well, we. Yeah. Did, I think it got. It, it picked it up. Right? We got another. That was high fives. Um, so that put me over the edge. So we go out afterwards um, to a place called Riverside Market down in Fort Lauderdale, which I'll throw props to all day. One of the coolest places I've ever been to. If you're ever down in Fort Lauderdale, Riverside is the place to go. It's a great nose on that. Bottle, it's a bottle store that you serve yourself and you just go up to the coolers and grab whatever beers you want. And they have like bottle openers hanging from the ceiling and you open your beers and drink them and then you pay on your way out. It's one of the coolest places ever. Um, that sounds awesome. And yeah. it, it's it's one of those places that's, like, so trusting and so cool about, like, you doing everything yourself that, like, they don't get stolen from. Like, I was there, and, like, everybody's chill, and they're all cool people that go there. Yeah. One of the coolest bars I've been to. Love it. But we went out there, and it was so funny because we all just were drinking, like, crazy high ABV beers and stouts all day and everything. Yeah. And we get out there, and everybody's got, like... Like a little light cream ale and like a lager. <laughs> I'm like drinking a session IPA. I don't like IPAs or session IPAs. Yeah. But I'm drinking it just because it was low ABV, and I'm like, I just crushed three Imperial Stouts an hour ago. So, like, like everybody, Washington we always palette. wanted like light beers, and like yeah. they fit a role. They do. Yeah. yeah this this deep roots. I, I really like it. It's very it's light drinkable. Yet there's still like a, a lot of good flavor to it. And decent say you said it was really smooth. <laughs> this is Mister Three Thousand. Yeah, which I think is a good characteristic to have in your beers for Florida is having that smoothness, with it being summer nine ten months a year. Yeah, <laughs> except I mean, for tonight, it's a little drink, drinkability. So tonight, drinkability. Yeah, tonight yeah. it's forty two. What is that? <laughs> yeah. and we're sitting outside, so we're gonna go around. We're gonna do scores again. Uh, who wants to go first? Goose, go first. An 8.5. 8.5. Okay. Good. Mid level B. Yeah. Okay. That's where I'm sitting too. Yeah. Mid level B. I'm going to be honest with you, by the way, just oh, so you fine. know. <laughs> I know you're sitting over here. I just don't <laughs> no, want to. No, no, no. But yeah, I think it's you a mid I think it's right a mid level. <laughs> I think it's a mid level B. Um, I think it's it serves exactly that role you said. That right. approachability. Uh, what do you call it? entry level? In, yeah. In, uh, yeah. In yeah. Whatever exactly. converter beers. Converter, I think what you yeah. called it. Um, which is your honestly drinkers could have. Which honestly like. We've talked about that on prior podcasts, too. What we do yeah. here, we have that built into what we do because we need to have that converter beer over for people who come yeah. in. Because, yes, we're a craft beer bar, but we're an approachable craft beer bar. We don't want to be um, the people who look down on you for not knowing what you're talking about. So people come in all the time and say, you know, what can I get? That's like Bud Light. That's all I drink. And we point them in that direction. Having something that, like, somebody who drinks mainstreams or hasn't really delved into craft before that's really approachable is important. Yeah. So I think this is on the high level of that beer. Right. Decent what you think. I'm going way higher. I'm going 9-2. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Daddy Deese. Yeah. I'll give it a a 9 flat. I I really, yeah. I I like that just as much as the style. It has a really great, like, 
backdoor spice. It just kind of yeah. hits you in the back of your throat. Yeah. I it's like just, that. It's just enough to help break it up. Exactly. So, yeah, this is a good solid nine. But it's not enough to, like, turn somebody off to it. I mean, that's not at all. Not no, at all, no. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, your average beer drinker who is just used to... There's nothing in that beer that would turn you off. Yeah. No. That, that taste is, it's either going to turn you on or turn you off. Me. You keep talking, yeah. you're turning me on. <laughs> hey, uh, after the podcast. <laughs> after we're done. We'll have another podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I give it a solid nine. This is really, I really like that a lot. Yeah, that, I'll be getting both the stout and that again. Uh, so the next, the third one up, we have Spook Hill. Which is a, a pale ale, correct, Ryan? Correct, yeah. I haven't tried this one yet. Wait. I'm, I'm curious. You know what we haven't been doing is getting stories of the names of these beers. He, he kind of mentioned death it. Death Roll was obviously the alligator does the death roll. Right. Yeah, Fruit de la terre. <laughs> Fruit de la terre. So, yeah. Fruit de la so, okay. so going back to names, Fruit of the Earth um, in French, Saison. Um, <laughs> it's um, glasses. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, you know, it... We call it Fruit of the Earth. Um, we, we do throw in uh, Florida orange peel on this one. You can smell it, yeah. Yep, which we really think just kind of goes with the um, just with the whole flavor profile of the beer. Yeah. Um, and, j- and just before you guys get, ex- you know, you're already excited about this one, but before we get more excited, it's uh, we have a couple of these, a uh, couple barrels uh, aging in Brett in the brewery. Ooh. And then we have a couple barrels. We have a couple Merlot barrels of this aging with bread. Oh. <laughs> I just got goosebumps. Aileen is excited. Yeah. <laughs> Merlot, that sounds. Aileen loves anything wine barrel aged. Actually. Does she? Yeah. Mm. She, well, she loves wine. <laughs> but there you go, Deason. Have you had this, Deason? I'm I'm actually cha- I'm going like nine six like this is this is my favorite and that's including me? I love stouts and I don't love saisons but for this this beer is enjoyable this is I'm very unbelievable full, very full body this yes. second saison I've ever tried and this really yeah I, yeah I, I was like I need more saisons if they're all going to be this good because this is well so the only one that's unfortunately they are not the only one that's going to be even semi comparable is going to be like Boulevard Tank Seven because it's also higher ABV saisons. Everything else is going to be real light. I mean, you, you know about say. Do you know the story behind saisons? No, I don't. So they're called a farmhouse ale. They were basically given to workers in the farms back in when, like, ancient fucking a long Europe. time ago in a galaxy yeah. far, and, far away. Uh, and basically, they were in in lieu of water because they were they were such low ABV that people would drink the beer all day and be able to stay sober and continue working. So that's they're supposed to be low ABV. Oh. Yeah. But gave them wicked hiccups. That's I didn't know that. That's also why a porter is called a porter is because it's the people that were in London that were toting crap around town were porters, and so that was the beer they're drinking. It was like a like a tradition, like between five and six, so they could they yeah. could have them. See, I didn't the even know that. You learn everything. Look at that. Look at that. Learn, learn World of beer. Put that in your training. So, <laughs> is there is there any other fruit in this Ryan, other than the oranges? No. Um. You know. In, in, uh, People always ask, like, like even with like death row, like, oh, do you guys actually put in like coffee or cocoa nibs in? And we're like, no, that's all. It's all from the malt. Yeah. So like, we just have some orange peel on this, and that's that's it. It's all hops. That's and malt. crazy to me because that stout has a lot of coffee up that front. That stout has a lot of things going on. Uh, chocolate. It was good. Does <laughs> it transition really the good, same yeah. way for you guys? Like, mine started coffee and just ended up nougaty sweet toffee. Yeah. yeah. It all. It's I got the same I got way. coffee on the nose, coffee up yeah. front, and then it kind of smoothed out. And, and to not add, add any palette, cocoa yeah. nibs or coffee to it was that's all malt. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy how good yeah. that ended up. 
that's real complex. It was a great stout. And this, I mean, this is complex too. And you do get that citrus, but not crazy. And the body is perfect on it. Yeah, for, for the style, yeah. It's a good base, I think, base style that you can add other fruit or, you know, treat it. or Merlot it. barrel it. Merlot, yeah, why not, right? I got my beers all mixed up now. <laughs> Are you, so so you you got some things on in barrels now. Are you going to yeah. get into dive into any barrel aging of any kind? Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. You know, we can actually do barrel aging better in Florida than we can, like, in Colorado because of, um, <laughs> of the humidity. Decent doesn't like barrel aging. No. Decent doesn't. Rawr, rawr. Why? Oh, because he likes all the Belgian yeasty stuff. I do like the Belgian yeasty stuff. Personal opinion, everybody's barrel aging everything. This is true. This is true. Because it's awesome. Why bother? No, why? I mean, it's, you know, there's uh, one, I mean, like, our our head brewer, honestly, if he could throw every Saison (laughs) into the tank for six months and let it hang out with with some bread, and, I mean, that would just let it, like, really get funky. Um, Yeah, that's what he would do. That would be what Brett does. (laughs) No, but, I mean, it's, like, that's what we do, but it's, yeah. It all comes down to one. It comes down to tank time. It's tough. Um, but why barrel age? You know, it's it's different. You can get to do some unique things. Um, you know, that's why Prairie's been so popular. It's, Prairie. That's the only reason Lexington survived because yeah. they barrel age everything, and they were the first ones to do it well. And then they kind of everybody caught up, but yeah. they're still around because they have great barrel age stuff. Yeah. I think I think the reason everybody does it is because it's awesome. And so everybody's going to continue doing it. That's not going away anytime soon. Okay, well, if the market research done by a giant brewery like Cigar City says that they should put in a $5 million barrel aging facility, I'm going to assume they know they can make their money back on that. What do you think, Ryan? (laughs) No, it's... They're probably worth a billion dollars now by ballast point money. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the thing with barrel... I mean, barrel aging is great. I mean, it's... It allows you to do some unique things. I... I'm looking forward to getting to more into sours. Uh, I don't think there's a ton of sours here in the state. <laughs> um, I think it, some yeah. people are, like, I mean, even I know Cigar City doesn't mess with it just because, like, they don't want to infect their their stuff. And, I mean, that's – and I, and I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do it if we can do it right, um, which is why we're not doing much right now. It's because we want to do it right. Yeah, they take, they take a lot of time. It's hard for breweries to yes. do them because you're constantly – there's a lot of upkeep with doing a sour. Well, you know, yeah. and we, we you're threw – You're constantly trying, waiting for the right flavor profile. We threw the in the bourbon um, barrel, and we're like, it's ready when it's ready. We won't know when it's ready, you know. Yeah. So when, when, yep. are you gonna, when are we – like that last barrel of, of stout, like when are we going to – You just try – you try in it, yeah. rel- like just whenever, and just yeah, making sure it's, it's good. Two to six months at some point. Some, some point, time. Some point in the middle. Sip, we're gonna be like, "All right, let's keg it off." So, um, for the barrels you do have, like you have the Merlot barrels, uh, we've talked briefly about this in the past. But um, in craft cocktails, there's a, a trend with with barrel aged cocktails, and craft uh, cocktail bars will take a barrel and they'll age progress it over the course of its lifetime, which is usually about two years or a year or so, and they'll put in. A full cocktail, let it go, and then by the time that cocktail is done, the next cocktail they put in now is getting the flavor of both the barrel and the previous cocktail. Mm-hmm. How how do you do? You guys age progress your barrels, or is that even an option that maybe you would think about doing, or is it a one time use? You know, I know that some breweries have never gotten rid of a barrel. I do know that when it comes down to imparting, say, like the bourbony or mer- merlot flavors, right. um, there's it's definitely diminished. It, it diminishes. There's a diminishing return on that. 
Um, but that being said, I mean, those barrels are always going to be funky barrels, and so they're always at least good for oak aging a funky beer. Yeah. Well, yeah, it'd be awesome. Like, I always thought it'd be really cool to, to take, like, a Merlot barrel or, or a wine barrel, right, and you age uh, a Saison in it. Yep. Or something even more sour. Say you put a goes in there or something, and you age it, and it gets that kind of sweet, oaky, Merlot, everything in there. And then your next beer, you do, like, a pale ale or a cream ale or something with a little bit more body that still can play, but all of a sudden you get like a sour version of that beer hmm. with oak and merlot in it, yeah. and I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely. Agree. So I just don't know if it's even possible. The yeast <laughs> might screw everything up. Screw everything up. So what do you guys think of the saison? Uh, I'll go first. I just don't like oranges, so I'll probably give like an eight three, just because I don't like oranges. It's just a I mean, it's full body. It's seven percent, so it really does its job and and excels at it. I just don't like oranges. It's a personal preference. I'm giving it a nine five. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's seriously damn good. I think Mike's palate is like the most impossible thing to please. So if you get a A on Mike's palate, you're good to go. Yeah, like <laughs> you're so particular. I'm giving a nine five nine six. It's I just, up there. I just don't. I really don't like oranges at all. Or hops. Okay. That's fine. All right. All I mean, right, I'll, man. Don't I'll, get the fence. I'd, I'd get it again. I just I just don't like oranges. So. There's very few saisons that I would buy like uh, time and time again. Like if right. I went to the brewery and this was on tap, I would buy it. Absolutely, and I, I'm not I would, a saison guy. I, I would buy it too. It's just you know what I, I, you know what I do I'm like actually. Oranges. There's not <laughs> gimmick. There's no gimmicky beers in this lineup. No, no, not yet. No, no. <laughs> but no, like, okay. like granted, granted, like let's be real. Funky Buddha has built a brewery on gimmicky beers. Oh, absolutely. And they've all been amazing. But well, they've worked out. But that's I, how many probably didn't. How many have probably didn't, and they were smart enough to toss them before yeah. releasing them. We don't know. But there's small breweries releasing gimmick beers that are too small to be taking a chance on something weird right now. Like, yeah. and they might hit. But like, if you're a brewery that if you're I a buy brewery, every bottle. if you're a brewery that has five no that has five beers, if you're a brewery that has five or six beers, like one of them shouldn't be a peanut butter chocolate porter with bananas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you should be concentrating on course, putting out quality product, and then yeah. when you get there, you get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's where I mean, we'll do some of those. Like, we did a gingerbread. We took our robust porter and we we put some. Uh, I'm gonna need that too. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, in our tap room. Well, the gingerbread beer we tried the other day. Well, we only did like two kegs of it. It was, um, but you know, we did some ginger, some candy ginger and molasses, turned it into gingerbread porter. Um, You know, we're taking our death roll, and um, I think on Valentine's Day, we're going to throw up a keg that's going to have strawberries and chocolate in it. Awesome. You know, so like like we're doing it in like, like. The one or two keg version instead of doing like the whole batch. A full batch, yeah, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. We're just one, one, we're trying it out. I mean, who even, knows how that's going to come out? Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't, last thing we want to do is ruin a whole, you know, 30 kegs worth of beer because we just, yeah. So we're just going on a whim. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, like you said, it's consistency first and then you do that. And right. I'm all for gimmicky beers. All the weird, we talk about weird beer all the time. That's Every what episode. we want. Weird yeah. beer. We're still looking. Whale balls. That's what <laughs> we're looking. For. We're still looking. But. 
No, no. We're just looking for one particular one that no one sent us yet. What is Viewers it called? Like, it's called Valor 2. Valor 2. Ryan, do you think you can get your hands on some Valor 2 for us? Who makes it? Some brewery in Iceland. It's an Icelandic oh. beer. They do. It's a it's a whale testicle beer. The whale testicles are smoked over sheep's dung. I'll make it. Decent <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give me no, give me you, that, I mean, you give me some whale balls. I'll make the beer. <laughs> oh, dude, no. we've been wanting this beer for like the six Since months we've we been doing this. Yeah. Like I need to try this. I need, I need. I want the. I want the. the and I yeah. think it's. I'm pretty sure it's just like a lager style that probably hasn't held up. So like we might not be able to get it. They are going to release it probably soon for the new version. Oh, I'm so the first one. Valor three. You're good. I got my beers in order now. Okay. okay. Well, the first. The first they one they did order. was not whale balls. Uh, I know. I know. It was whale fat. I know. F- five was right because we. Let me. Let me. Fine, we're all just talking. Yeah, we're, sure. talking we're getting out of hand here. Uh, we're gonna get the bouncer. Unprepared as always. Where's uh, against the bouncer? Five should be the end is right. End is right. Okay. The end is right should be number five. Okay, so then Spook Hill, Devil's Chair, end is right. And then I, I'm good. I think I'm still in Spook order. Spook Hill should be three, and then Devil's Chair is, is four. Okay, I think I'm should be. Time. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> with that said, back to number <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah, Spook, Spook Hill. Um, Pale you know, Ale. To me. This pale ale, I would actually, when you when you look at the, the beers that we've done so far, there's two of our cores I think have been like, are just perfect. Like I almost define them as perfect for the style. Death Roll being one, uh, Spook Hill being that's an IPA. Um, being the other one, and so I think it's just it's like my tapper manager says she says she could just live in this beer, you know, and we we like to. I think a pale ale um, is one of those beers that you could really judge a brewery on. Um, it's easy to make it too malty. It's easy to make it too hoppy. It's really hard to put together a nice, balanced um, pale. I think three and four got switched. Yeah, there's no, because I definitely have two IPAs to back up my whole thing. So if we're on a pale ale right now, my next one's a pale ale. For sure. Like, on the nose, I can tell. Okay. They smell the same to me. Try this. This is the uh, IPA. Well, there's two IPAs. No, there's only one IPA. Yeah. What are these two? Uh, American Bitter. That's oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But it has a lot of hops in it? It's Yeah, it's a thing of it as a session IPA. I'm just going to go with it. All right, you tell me if this is the right one. <laughs> Eventually, we're going to figure this all out. Yeah. It is, right? This is what happens when you have six yes. sample yeah, glasses. Yeah, I thought this smelled like the pale ale. Yeah, that's the Yeah. Yeah, because pale ale. Frank's fucked so up. So pale ales nowadays are my... Are, are, Pretty much IPAs in most breweries because everybody wants hops out be, the yeah. fucking ass. Uh-huh. I mean, you think of uh, Dale's Pale Ale. I mean, if that's it's very IPA, if that sets like a, a almost a standard. You know, be, no, it's not the standard. But but I'm saying, but just because if you look at sales number, if that sets the, sa- the right. standard, well, that, of a that's pale eighty. That's like seventy five percent of their business. It's still very hoppy. That's yeah. like ninety percent of their business. Yeah. So yeah, Dale, Dale uh, Oscar Blue said Dale's is a big, big portion portion that, of their business. I mean, that's every. I think at one. Well point, over seventy percent. I, I think at one point um, Boston Lager was seventy percent of. Well, uh, we talked about that. It, all of the top five breweries, or microbreweries, or craft breweries in the country, there's there's that one core brand that has like a huge market share of what they sell, and Boston Lager is one of them. There, there. I don't think it's as bad anymore as it used to be, but no. it used to be in excess of seventy percent of their sales was only Boston Lager. Well, Sierra Nevada, Sierra has Nevada is like eighty something percent is pale know, ale. I mean, we, yeah. honestly, we know that one of these five. Is going to do the same thing for us. The one right. of these beers. Well, it'll is be just it'll be death bills. roll probably because I think death roll is the best freaking thing ever to hit the market. <laughs> At least it's good. Like, yeah. 
Death so, roll, like, I'll put death roll against Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. A, B, suck it. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put death roll against next Breckenridge <laughs> Vanilla Porter, which is one of my go-tos. I love that beer. Yeah. That beer is in Publix. That beer is in Walmart. That beer is in every gas station that yep. you can ever find. Absolutely. And I'll put this death roll against it, and I guarantee 90% com- of people are going to drink. It's more dynamic than yeah. death roll and complex. For sure. Vanilla Porter. Yeah. Death yeah. yeah. Spook Hill, uh, Ryan, that. is named in uh, after La- uh, Lake Wales? Yeah, yeah. So there's a, it's an optical illusion that makes it look like the, the rocks roll uphill. Um, and that's so that's, pr- only Florida you get that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what, what hills are in Florida? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one that's like 30 feet tall. Actually, in my hometown, one of the highest points above sea level is in my hometown in Jensen Beach, Florida. I think it's like 38 feet above sea level. <laughs> and it's like one of the top three highest points in Florida. I think the highest point is in Lake Wales, the bluffs. Probably. In Lake Wales. Yeah, the highest point or, or is it Sugarloaf yeah. in Claremont? No, I think it's Lake Wales. The highest point's like 770 It's like 67 feet, feet above sea level. <laughs> Probably. So we have the – let's get back on track. I'm getting – Yes, yeah, so I'm thinking of the Spook Hill, Pale Ale. Talking about elevation. <laughs> yeah. We go so, off topic more than you would ever believe. <laughs> oh, no, I to I'm looking at the highest <laughs> elevation in Florida. See, I don't know which is which now. now. And now you're on it. I know. We got a fan, and he's on it. Yeah, woo. Yeah, I, I think three. You're more famous than Val Kilmer now. I think three and four got switched. Before anyway. Not after. So, well, let, me, let me try this that again. Killed, that might have killed him. It's very light. Sorry. The highest what? elevation in Florida is 312 feet, in case anyone's curious. Mal Kilimanjaro. You totally Googled it. I know yeah, you did. I did. It's what what is it? Right what now. is it? See, that's why Google sucks. <laughs> Just ruins Then they're going to get bought out by Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, AB is going to own Google. So. <laughs> yeah, it's in Claremont. Is, wait, it? Wait, is, oh. it, is it Sugarloaf? That's, it's Sugarloaf. Oh. I think it's Sugarloaf. It's Sugarloaf. It's Sugarloaf. Wah, wah, wah. I'm Ryan pretty sure. Wah. got it. He nailed Ryan it. I got it. I'm pretty sure that like Google could own a thousand Anheuser-Busches. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm leaving. That's and, oh. and drop the mic. Who needs to? Oh my god, you're gonna burn the place down. Somebody th- throw my red stapler. Alright, so Spook Hill, the pale ale. <laughs> Alright. I'm more curious about this. Ryan was, was right. Have you never seen Office Space? I have seen Get it. Get a fucking I life, did, dude. I so what what do you what do you add to the pale in terms of do you add any kind of fruit? I'm actually very curious. Uh, nothing. Nothing? No. Nope. Did you did you have the pale? I had, really? I had the IPA and I had the pale. Watch your they glass. were very similar, but I want to know the difference between the two. Well, the difference—I mean, the difference is one ABV, okay. um, and, and there's actually completely different hops in the in the two of them. Okay. What do you what do you use in the in the IPA versus the pale? Uh, IPA has an experimental hop, which which is what there's a lot of subtle complexity to the IPA right. that, um, that you get like from that. Right. Um, and then. Um, yeah, I mean that just the pale ale though is just a much more approachable, drinkable. Uh, you just use regular hops. They, they were for the both. Pale ale. They were yeah, both yeah. phenomenal beers. Yeah, but, <laughs> but even so, like, even both the pale, great, like, it, it even it even had a different uh, a different color to it. Traditional yeah. pale is a little bit lighter, but your pale looks a little more red. It looks uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, or I, I mean, remember. Yeah, you mentioned it, it looked a little bit darker. More of an amber. Right. Like right. It, it was very. It was different. A little darker. It was, it was great. It yeah. Was, it no. Was no. A great I'm beer. Just, it, I'm trying to think honestly off the top of my head. You know, I'm a. Uh, I don't know if you. Know, I don't. I don't brew the beer personally. Oh, I take. Um, I take but, the intro pack. He doesn't brew the beer. Oh, that's fine. No, no, no. no, no. It's, 
It's all I wasn't good. Sure, I came yeah, over no, no, no. no I'm, you're I'm good. trying to think. You know, I've never heard that about the pale, so I've never thought of it. Um, well, you, said it ever colored. Yeah, it's, it's a it, little darker. It, it does than, have a little bit darker, darker hue, but it's it's not anything that it's comes across in the taste. Yeah. So yeah. it's not it's like not it's more caramely. Right. It's, it's different. Yeah. Like, no, right, it's right, it's right. definitely a little darker, but that's I think in the taste exactly what you said before. It's very balanced, and that's what a pale ale really should be. I don't know when a pale ale became. A hoppy beer, like it's yes, it has hops, right? But like well, and in, in the, the whole point is going to have have some hops, right? I mean, that's part of it, but it shouldn't taste like an IPA. There well, wasn't yeah, wasn't the creation of the IPA because they needed to keep a pale ale hoppier? Like, right, like why exactly. does a pale ale have to be hoppier? Like, yes, the, if you don't know your IPA origin story, it's because they needed to put, add hops to preserve the beer over the East India Training Company <laughs> to make it last long enough that the beer didn't spoil before it got to its destination. Yeah. Right. So Hops are antimicrobial. Right. right. So right. hops are a preservative, essentially, in beer. So if you have a pale ale and it can't make it the journey and it spoils, that essentially means to me that it isn't a traditionally overly hopped style. Right. America took it and said, let's add hops to it because a pale ale should be hoppy. Yeah. And that's honestly where the misnomer comes that everybody believes that ales right. are hoppy. Right. That's but, kind of what we do. No. Ale styles are That's not hoppy because ale styles are do, right because everyone, Belgian had their yeast and right. Europe had their malt. Ale so styles we like, are pretty much pretty much anything. Your right. Belgian styles are ales. Your stouts and porters are ales. Like right. you have ale styles that are that are not hoppy, but everybody assumes when they say I like ales, they assume it's hops, and it's because of the fact that. We took a pale ale and turned it into an IPA. We took an IPA and turned it into a double IPA. And then we took a double IPA and turned it into whatever the hell Frankenstein creation we made those into. And yeah. now now everything is overly hopped. Yep. And I'm not a hop guy, so I hate it. But yeah. I, not as much as sodas. <laughs> <laughs> next week. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. No, until next week. I'll be here for that one. Trust any me. plan, no, Ryan, to add... Add uh, different ingredients to the pale ale. No, I mean it's. Like, I mean it's not it's not bad, but no, no, it's they take fruit very well. Yeah, they do. Um, we actually really for our grand opening, we had a keg of um, Spook Hill with coffee in it. Ooh, love it! Oh. Yeah, it was uh, it was phenomenal. It was where the hell was I? So, going forward, Goose, have you had it? The pale ale? I took a couple sips of it. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I'm not a big hop guy, thing? and okay. hops is not my my thing. I'm gonna give it. So wait, till you have the IPA. I've been I've actually. <laughs> uh, when we get to that next, I'll talk <laughs> okay, about it. But, uh, for for me, this is this is like a seven point eight. It's okay. It's a that's, good beer. Like, it's an you, average. Yeah, if you like hoppy stuff, this would be a great beer for you. But for me, this isn't like it's just. Okay. I, could, I, I can drink a glass, and it's probably about it, and then I'll be done. With that's it. fine. Right? Did you, did you have the pale Roger? I did. What, um, what do you think? I did, I did the IPA first, actually. Okay. I did the IPA, then I did the pale. The pale, it's it's very solid. Like I said, it has it's a good base. color to it. Right. It, it's a little it's a little of a deviation. Uh-huh. However, it's very smooth. It does have some hop to it, but it's not an IPA-style hop. Correct. Yep. So if you're somebody that enjoys a pale ale, uh-huh. but you want to you transition into an IPA, it's an amazing beer. So, you know, Goose gave it a 7.8. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'd say like an 8.1. Okay. I agree. Uh, I'd, go, I'd go above an 8 just because it really is a solid flavor. Right. It has a good taste. It's really smooth. It's easy to drink. You can do two or three of them. Right. I think, I think it's refreshingly dry. 
I agree. Exactly. And that's actually that's dry is yeah. An amazing, yeah. That's an and that's that's one thing that I know that there's a handful of breweries even in the state that go super sweet. And, yes. Um, yeah. No. Agreed. Sweet and is not the way to go. With not for pale ales. No. no. Exactly. Right. If you're going to go yeah. with pale, you need to go pale. It needs to be dry. Exactly. It needs to be hoppy. You know, not not insanely hoppy, but something that's dry with a little hop that you know might have a good finish on it. Right. And that's exactly what that does. It's not sweet. It's not. It, it doesn't have that characteristic. But it, it's smooth enough that you can drink a few of them and you're happy. Yeah. yeah. And what's what's the ABV on the pale ale? I think five. Uh, five four. Five four. Yeah. That's not bad. The pale ale being a five four. The pale ale is like higher ABV than the other like the stout, three, three of Which is so yeah. like that's it's so new. It's the highest ABV that we've had yet. Yeah. yeah. The stout. I, well, I, I love that the stout's low ABV. I really do because like, I think that's great. To be honest yeah. with you, like it's a good selling. There point. needs to be a full-bodied stout that's low ABV. Like there yeah. needs to be that. Stouts are either good at high ABV or bad at low ABV. This right. is a good stout at a low ABV. I love it. But you can build on it. But you can sure. Build on it. I think you can tell we love the stout. <laughs> we can't okay, bring. I, we keep bringing it up. Tan. Yeah. It's a tan. It's a tan. <laughs> So I, I said I said the pale ale Jeff is re, what I said refresh, refreshingly dry. Right. Yes. The yeah. pale is refreshingly dry. So what the pale is just not overly hot. That's the biggest thing I can say about it. Is that it's, is the main characteristic of yeah. a pale versus an IPA. I hope I'm not shooting dry. it in the face because what, what, everybody's a hophead, but it's not. It's not. It's so balanced in a great way that it it is so approachable and non-offensive to your non-hophead. And then if you're a hophead, there's enough in there that you would like it too. So it's but would you agree it's a, good. A non hophead would probably go to that to transition to an IPA. They could. Oh yeah. They could. Yeah. I mean this It'd this as long as partnering it with a handful of other you know There's a lot of other pale ales too. Pale ales that you need you to trip. Yeah. to be honest with you, I've had some people who transition straight through to IPAs just based on you just have to Sometimes you just have to hit it hard, and people yeah. will go, "I don't like an IPA. Let's jump to something real crazy." And all of a sudden, they're like, "Okay, yeah." What were we talking about? Mine now? was, oh, uh, God, mine was, you know, having Hophenge at Deschutes, then transitioning back to IPA. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's me, I went to the far extreme. <laughs> yeah. I jumped, I jumped IPAs altogether and went straight to doubles because I didn't. That's- that's what happened with me. I you just, need to. It's yeah. it, it has a better. Together, yeah. It's honestly people. People are so afraid of that because they they anticipate a, an imperial IPA to be overly hopped and crazy bitter. Mm. And the thing is that the logical transition is actually to go to doubles then IPAs because there's less hop oh, character in a double IPA, even though there are more hops. But there's so much more malt that creates that ABV that makes it have a sweet finish. That actually, if you're looking to for a flavor transition uh-huh. double ipas before ipas and you'll like ipas that's, that's absolutely agreed recently is just more a lot of double ipas they just the, the amount there. of malt that's in there makes them sweet it makes them an easier transition from a malty beer to right. a hobby beer so jeff what would you give the pale ale score wise i'm giving it a solid nine flat you son of a bitch me too Really? Yeah. <laughs> Look at us, yeah. man. I, I, it was, I we're was, so in tune. This is why we were on this thing. Man. I, I really like. I give it so low. I, I was really surprised. For me, pale ales are really like hit or miss for me because they're either really hopped or. Well, you, you hate know, hops. So I hate hops, but this is really good. Too, I, I'm, I'm really surprised how much actually, I like this. I'm actually very surprised at Matt's rating because we, we talked about it beforehand. And, not you. Yeah. Okay. No. We, we talked about it beforehand. And he, <laughs> yeah. He's never I'm been at. a fan of hops. 
So for him to try a pale and give it a I liked nine, it. Yeah, I give it a nine. Um, for me, the, the pale, the stout, and the, and the amber are all a. It a, actually a just struck me now that we're the worst beer podcast on earth because everybody who's ever on this show is only likes malts. <laughs> <laughs> it makes us want to mention. That's okay, though. We'll find someone. Hey, all you hop heads, don't listen to us. We yeah. suck. We suck. No, I'm that's, kidding. I appreciate hops. Listens. I appreciate hops. That's why Preston's here to He's just bust malter. my balls, man. Oh, yeah. Give it a shout out. So the next one, uh, um, let me. F- uh, the next one is Devil's Chair. Yep, which I heard. I I've heard of Devil's Chair before this event even came Wait, about. Goose said he was going to tell the story on oh, this one, it? and okay. and then we'll have Ryan just let's, correct him. Let's <laughs> see if correct no, Goose, you're wrong. I, I, I so I'm Devil's watching you intently right now. <laughs> I, I know. I can see it in your eyes. So the Devil's Chair is actually out in Casadega. It's a whole like spiritualistic camp, and it's actually just some like weird like formation out there that like it looks like the devil's chair, and you sit in it. And appara- really, no, no, no. Oh, oh! Ryan just owned your ass. See, I was told that when I went out there by like some weird like. No. and you didn't sit in it. So there's come on. So there's actually lots it. of lots of devil's chairs. It's there it's are? they're in cemeteries. I was told it was just one. No, now, no. Like, and you I mean, if you look up like but devil's chair, what's it called? Cat. Casadega. Casadega. Cas- yeah. So, like, yeah. Talladega. Talladega Knives. Talladega Knives. Rig about it. Casadega. Florida's Talladega. 15 people um. that live there. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's... Florida is so Talladega. So, there's a bunch of them, though, across the country, and but the one in Casadega actually has a specific... It, this is where he... There is a specific... Devil's myth chair. To, yeah. to the one in Florida. So, a devil's chair is any, like, like brick or per- stone chair, like, built into a cemetery. But and the, it can be man-made, or yeah, it is oh yeah, man-made. No, yeah, it is man-made. I, I was yeah. told that it was like, like in the middle of like the forest. No, it's in the it's cemetery. Kind of like, it's, yeah. uh, that's yeah. psychic lied to me. I can't. Oh, trust her. Yeah, well, did you, you can't trust her. You can't trust your psychic. <laughs> she uh, well, goose like, did it okay. well. She didn't read your palm so correctly. In Casadega, there's like it's the highest number of like registered psychics apparently. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so the myth area. with this yeah, one, though, yeah. is that oh, yeah. if you leave an unopened beer on the chair at midnight, you return the next morning, it'll be unopened but empty. And so that's why we named the beer after that. So, that? so the devil is I drinking your beer. So, well, I didn't want to. I like it. I didn't want to drop it off and, and try it out just because I knew whoever would drink it would like it, and then they'd have to come visit us. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you don't want anybody who's creeping around at midnight in a cemetery in your in your tap. Regardless uh, of you know how real or not they are, I just kind of wanted to keep that. Yeah. Whoever you don't want that juju. Yeah. You know, exactly. You know who the smartest man on earth is? The homeless guy who created that man. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking free exactly. beer all night. <laughs> the guy who just gets free beer delivered to him yeah. every day. Oh my god, a ghost drank it. Yeah, right? right behind the chair where no one looks. The dude, at, the dude at 3 a.m. who's yeah. crushing free beer. The question yeah. is, how does he uncap it? That's the problem. That's 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 the magic, it? man. That's why you have to leave an open beer. Yeah, he knows. He collect, he collects He's smart. Caps. He's homeless. He has them. He turns them in five cents a piece. Yeah, what a smart man. So what? What uh, ABV is the IPA here? Uh six. six and I think the, the first. Round we actually brewed was a six point six six. Oh so, my yeah. god, that's <laughs> right. This is getting dumped right now. Very yeah. appropriate. Thomas, where are you? Yeah. All right, you should do Just that. Be, is this the IPA? Ass. I think it is. Yeah, I'm drinking. I have a glass of it. If you need to compare, it smells hoppy. Yeah. Nope. Nope. So this one is done. Okay. You want to try it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Too many beers. I had it a long time ago. 
Nope. Nope. <laughs> I already drank it then. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Here, Whoops. Here, if you want to resample it, I've got a glass. Hopefully no one has the sheen. Because I, j- I just finished mine, so it's I can tell that those are not... Uh... Those are different, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe you already drank it. Instead of the I gave false God. advertising God to one of your beers. All right, anyway, I'm drinking it now out of Goose's glass. Okay. So let's get this. Let's get. So Let me go. I'm giving it. I'm giving it an eight seven. As someone who's eight six. Don't some, be. Don't be a dick, dude. Eight six. <laughs> For me. Hurry up, Goose. He's gonna drink his old beer. I know he will. I don't like a lot of hops. This, I could drink this a lot. This is an 8.5 for me. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Like compared to the pale ale, which is too hoppy for me. Roger, so Roger, what did you think of the IPA? The IPA was the first one that I had. Color-wise, they look great. Right. Like, as a huge uh, hop head, it was something um, that I really enjoyed. It was, it, it was hoppy, right but it was this, So these are the same. Right. right? It, I believe it wasn't, so. Okay. It wasn't very earthy. And this is the, this is the better. The end is right. Compared to a Sierra Nevada. It wasn't insanely earthy. Uh-huh. It had enough hop in it. It, it was it was very good. It was very smooth. It was right. something I could consistently drink. So and again, coming yeah. back to what like our identity, drinkability. Right. I mean, that's this for it, me is a that's drinkable IPA. That's yeah. absolutely yeah. apparent. Like I can actually drink this. And that's I mean, and that's like my one little like qualm with you know craft beer culture to some extent is everyone wants that like huge big flavor bomb and it's like. You know what? What about something that you can have three, four of, and still be able to drive home and be fine well, that's, and enjoy yourself? You know, I mean, and that's, that's the thing, and that's the Death reason roll. that sessions became style. a big thing. But they became yeah, like a big thing, and they were a flash in the pan. Yeah. They lasted la- less than a year, where session IPAs was a huge thing. And like now, you have a handful. You have like Oscar Blues Pinner, which probably is hung on just because Oscar Blues is a huge name. And Possibly. sorry, Founders sorry, Scotty, if you listen, is, uh, fantastic. Founders right. All Day, Terrapin Recreation are both great. Uh, Oscar Blues Pinner is fantastic for an IPA. Um, High Five is West Coast style, and it's like 7.6%. It's not a session. <laughs> if, if you could only see yeah. the look on his face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just blew his whole world. He, he gave me the eyeball. <laughs> no, dude, I mean, don't get me wrong. High Five is fantastic, but it's West Coast style. It's super hoppy. And Are you going to sell, Ryan? You know, my. You better say everyone, no. No, no, everyone asks. You know, no, no. The, 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 the thing with, with me is that I've always liked um, New Belgium's model. I'd love to. Um, we have a handful of investors, um, all minority owners. I'd love to buy them out over the, you know, over the years as, as either they pass on or want to get out or whatever. Right. Um, and then, you know, be able to sell those shares back to our employees. I mean, that would kind of be. That, like, whenever you start a new like company everyone you, you should be asking yourself like what's the exit strategy how are you yeah. getting out you know because there has yeah. to be one um you have to have one and, yeah. and that's Next that's topic yeah that's <laughs> yeah. my uh, that's my exit strategy is uh becoming employee owned so okay and that's the first i'll take it i like that i like, I like that, that a lot yeah, I like but that. i mean it's, you know, a, it's an honest answer it's, it's it is just saying like oh i'm never gonna sell out because like what happens in well, 20 years like you know, I mean, like let's, I've right, I flip flopped right. on the on the subject a lot, and I actually on next week's episode had t- <laughs> talked about how how certain breweries have done it right and certain breweries have done it wrong in the sellout process. And the thing is, like, I'm not going to get involved in the personal life of whoever the owner is, oh, yeah. whoever the decision maker is on that decision, and whatever that number that they have in their head is. Because, like I said, everything has a price, and you can sell anything for if the price is right. If I'm Ballast Point and you offer me a billion dollars, 
I don't give a shit how much I love Ballast Point. I'm selling. That's a billion dollars. Right. Like, I'm sorry. That's a B. That's a billion. Yeah. I'm yeah. selling. Even, and I don't care what you yeah. think. My, my company makes... Just- my company makes $200 million a year and you're going to offer me a billion dollars? Absolutely, I'm selling. Yeah. I will do that rather than spend five years making a, bi- or making a billion right, dollars, right, you know? Right. Even Breckenridge, like, I'll take $70 million or whatever they Assuming, took. <laughs> sure. I'm sure yeah. they took a lot more than that. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the thing. Is, is There's an intrinsic value to craft beer that these breweries are selling for well over what their actual value worth. is. So, like, we, we don't know because it's, undis- it's indisclosed what, the, what Breckenridge buyout was. But what we saw was they were valued at $70 million. Which means, that, honestly, which means they sold buy, for $280 million. Yeah, You know, you like, who freaking about, knows? You know, between three to seven times that. and That's what people are buying them yeah, for now because exactly. that's what because AB has too much money and they're just going to say, whatever, well, we need it. That, I mean, you look at, like, I mean, kind of to go way off, to, off topic, technology companies, it's not uncommon for them to sell for 20, 30 times what their and um, yearly revenue is. is. You're buying potential. You're exactly. buying on potential, which, yeah. as I say, as I say next week. Yeah. Well, that's... Assuming quality is going to stay the same because they're, they're yeah. just going to... They're just... Ex- investors no, right. well, you have investors are taking a huge risk on that, and there's, there's something... Here's the thing. There's something to be said about investors taking that risk. The fact that, one... I like that investors are taking that risk. I like that Anheuser-Busch is taking that risk because it tells me that with whoever their experts are, they don't see craft beer going anywhere within the next 10 years. Because like we've calculated it out just on our rough numbers, which we're idiots, drunk at a bar. But to make a billion dollars back on that sale and for, for Ballast Point to be a profitable purchase for Constellation, right. that's going to take them about seven years. Correct. In our from what they're currently making, right? So in to our opinion, that's going to be a five to seven year thing for them to turn a profit. Which means that with their forecasting and their experts and their team, they yeah. think that craft beer will continue to grow for at least five to seven more years. Absolutely, yeah. and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome to me because we've talked about the table and the bubble on what craft beer is going to become and we'll, how we'll much we're taking about, about too, macro. Yeah. But like, where are we going to end up? We don't know. What's the number? 25, 30% of the market? We don't really know. So last beer. Oh, mine's gone. Yeah, yeah. Last beer. And, it is and good. The best for last. One of the best for last. The end is rye, yep. which would be the English bitter. American, American bitter. American bitter. Come on. Dude, this, 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 come on. Yeah, These yeah. people killing it right Damn now. Damn it, Wob. God. All right. Well, it's an American bitter. Explain the difference earlier. We all know the difference now. Right. Yeah, so what's the, uh, what's the ABV on it? Four eight, I believe. So under five. You know, it's truly sessionable beer. I mean, it's like it started out. The concept was a session rye pale ale, and that's kind of what what we started with. I that mean, that may be the the second best beer of the six. It, it's my current. It's my current favorite beer we have on tap right now. I I do go-to. love it. I do. I would give it second best. I actually, I'll, I'll give, give it third. I'll give it third best too. Saison and stout. Okay. You guys Actually, stout so much you can't. You can't <laughs> stout and then saison, yeah. I think. But the saison's not going to be the core, right? Or no, no the, this, is the bitter them, yeah. is not going to be the core. The, the bitter's the not the one we're trying right now. Um, you know, and, I yeah, I, I, and I say this is my favorite on tap until we we just brewed a red IPA, and we'll see what, how that one is when it comes on. Thank God somebody's doing that again. Red IPAs. Yeah, they were amazing. Two years ago, I really and then, wish like, this, they this went this away. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those things that, like, I can't believe like, I was it went away. Our, our right. head brewer, they, I mean, he brewed it without um, me saying this, but that was one of the beers that right after we decided we were going to open, 
like I went to a beer fest and I had like really fresh uh, Red's Rye from Founders, and I was like, "This is the kind of beer." Holy cow! I what make. is this? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, this, this kind is of beer really I good. Make. You need to get him to brew a blonde stout, like Jeff said. <laughs> blonde right. stouts and red IPAs, and we'll be good to go. Because <laughs> I really want to try one of those. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. Well, like, I think I have. I still have milkmaid. I think like, we can try one of those. Don't listen to anything he it. says. He'll drink it. He owes me a, a, a last snow. I'm sorry so, I owe you a last snow. I had three right. of them this weekend. So oh, that's, well, that's right. I'm just trying to rub it in his face at this I point. Think, I think this is the second best one behind the stout for me. Uh, you, well, you didn't like the Saison because the oranges. Right. I mean, I would okay. I would order all of them again. No, but same, same with me. Like, I, I like this a lot. Uh, slight, crisp, super drinkable. It's a, it's a Absolutely. little, it's got a little bite on the end. Yep, the rye, the rye adds a really nice quality to this that's, one. Yeah. So rye, I've been really into rye beers lately. Rye is in rye. right now. Well, rye finishes are perfect. Yeah. They're yeah. dry just, and absolutely. just definitive. It just it's got a little that's it. too much bite for me on the end. That's the only reason. <laughs> no, the bite's perfect. <laughs> You're by yourself in that one. Yeah, no. suck it. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm not even in the bait. Like, the bite's perfect. Yeah, I like, I like the stout more because there is the more complex flavors. I think that's what Stout wins was a it little for more me. complex, and, and and then the saison was just so inventive for that style. I agree. I, I agree. You know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's there's two. Like we just talked about. It. There's there's Boulevard doing an imperial saison, and then there's this. And this isn't quite an imperial saison, but it's a seven percent saison. Might as well be an imperial saison. Like my my first thought when I tasted this is like this is going to get people into trouble because it, it is taste so like good. Yes, yeah, it does, and, and, that's, and that's how I feel. And it's inventive for the style, and I love to separate beers out by this is what style it is. So what does it do for that style? And that's this is that, that saison was incredible. It's also it we consider so, it like our our wheat beer. You know what I mean? We didn't yeah. want to do a happy. We didn't want to do right, and it kind of fits in there. Yeah, we did. Like, it's not overly like, tart, yeah, and it's like, not. I mean, yeah, Buda has a happy. Uh, Cigar City has their wit. Yeah, it's like we want to do something different, yet still, you know, within our our identity. That's why I like I like I like stouts and wheats primarily, and that's why the that's why we like the saison. I think which is a but. broad spectrum. And Mike's the only yeah. one in Florida who doesn't like oranges, so screw him. That's true. I don't like I don't like grapefruit. Everything is orange here. I don't like it's, it's too much for me. So I would I would give this going forward a, a score probably a nine two. The bitter, the end is dry. I would give nine two. I would give it just below the stout. I'd give this. I'd give this an eight point. And above the amber. That's where I'd, I'd put this. Like, you're giving it a B. A high B, 90%, 89, 90. I'm giving it a B plus. 9, 3. 9, 3? Okay. 9, 3. It is third in line for me with what we tried today, but it is that's no indication of it being a bad beer. No, right. Great I think I only gave one of them a B. I think everything's been an A otherwise, but. I gave um, one of them a low grade. But, but well, I think we all kind of we all had one that we were like, Meh. But that was. You know, that's, that's our thing, though. It's like, I'm okay with, with everyone, like. My thing I'm is, like, like I, it, it, that's fine if it's not, like, the style that you that you really prefer. But right. at least, you know, you got to admire that it. it's, it fits yeah. for the style. Uh, it's, oh, it's they solid, all fit. Solid, yeah. flawless beer. That's yeah, no, and that's, that is what you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, the, and that's my thing. I've never been a bitter fan. Like, it was labeled as an English bitter at the bar, which is probably wrong. Podcast. Well, yeah. It has way too much flavor to be English. There's too much going on. I don't like it. I really enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was more so on the line of, of the IPA and the panel. It was very similar. 
But it had a difference yeah. to it. Well, that's like Gun on Tap. We just don't have a category for it. Right. It's like a session IPA it, it, on tap. Yeah. We just can't. With it like, was, it's its own little. You know what I mean? It was definitely drier. Yeah. It, but it was good. It was very smooth. I, I, I would definitely label that probably a solid nine. High fall. I, I mean, all the beers we've had of of all fit style. Yeah. In terms of flavor, coloring, yeah. body, you know what's aroma. Not only did it fit style, but it kind of surpassed a run of the mill. Oh, absolutely! You have a you have a four percent stout and a seven percent saison. Right, right. So what? So what they did is either, and and this is this is like, on this is, and I'm not just tooting your horn because you're here, um, but you either broke the mold of the style or stuck so true to it that it's perfect. Because like like you said, like your pale ale is a pale ale. So like you didn't add anything to it. No, that's not. You didn't like go a crazy with it and say we're doing like the wet hop citra hop bullshit pale ale that has like 19 fruits in it and we're gonna call it a pale ale but it was like that's a that you made a perfect replicate of what a pale ale is and you made the best one of what you could and it was super approachable or or you completely broke the mold with the stout and the saison where it's like this is a stout however However, we're going to do something different with it where we're going to make it a 4% with full body like it's a 7%. And we're going to have coffee, toffee, caramel, and, you know, every freaking good flavor of a stout that you could possibly put in it. And it's all going to come through. super drinkable. And make it really drinkable. And it's like. It's so easy to fucking. You can. Oh, no. I I did that on the first episode. And then I realized you can say fuck all you want. Uh, So, uh, but, but you did. You did either extreme, which is as long as you can consistently do it, yep. incredible. Well, yeah, and that's. I mean, I was I was telling one of the bartenders like she was because she'd come out. We had like an industry night last week, and like just everyone out was able to come in and just kind of like check out the place and check out our beers. She was like, I was really impressed that it traveled. Well. I was like, honestly, the beer you're drinking now fresher than uh, what you probably had in the tap room because we re brewed everything just for distribution. But that being said, like, I can't tell a difference between tasting in here and tasting huh. in our tap room, which yeah. well, you me don't, makes, that, makes me happy. That's a good thing. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a good but thing. You, don't, you don't have any beers that wouldn't travel well Oh because yeah, you don't have anything that's Belgian-y and yeasty where they have like volatile yeah, ingredients, exactly. right? Um, which was which was a thing which we've talked about before with Persimmon Hollow, but that was a thing with them where they have a lot of very rare Belgian yeast strands, and some of their Belgian yeast did not travel well, and so yeah. they'd get it to the account and they had to send it right back, uh, which happened. Yeah, I know they Ariana, had some are issues. Let me get a red cypress. Um, let me get the the bitter. In terms of moving forward, Ryan, any kind of plans to broaden in terms of uh distribution and I mean, any we, we started with seven counties holy so, shit um, jesus yeah, yeah, God. they're yeah. really going for that you time. really are ambitious huh? <laughs> yeah, i so, like I you mean, yeah, well I mean, so we, are, right, so we started with seven counties so um we, you know it's just a draft only for the next six months then maybe package but who knows what the man's going to be i mean that's the one variable that we just have no idea when you start packaging that stout, I'm buying Yo, cases for real. of We're it. trying to figure out how to throw it in cans, that's you for keep sure. That can it. Can it all. You keep that six-pack under 12 bucks, and I'm going to buy it. Oh, my right. God. This guy over Done. here. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, under 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah, or else I'm not buying it. I won't buy it. I'll buy hardware. Uh, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> like, Oscar Blues does it. That's true. 
Oscar Blues so also a, has a lot more market. It's, so I would assume you're going to you're going to can and not yeah. bottle. Yep, going to can. Smooth, uh, you know, good like, choice. Like, like in yep. addition to like, like doing it right, you know, one thing was every question we asked was, is it going to make the beer better? Or is it going to make it worse? And there's just no reason to bottle at this point. Yeah, bottles no, are every, slowly dying. Everything indicates yeah. that bottles everything are worse for bad. beer. Everything is going to be canned. Cool. So yeah, uh, until people, hopefully, people stop thinking that cans are worse. It blows my mind that you just opened and you're already in seven counties. Like I cannot fathom that. That's insane. I mean, you. I mean, you literally just blew the horn. We're coming. Also, we also know like like we're kind of behind the eight ball state wise, and we're not behind the eight ball, but we're a little behind. You know, and we just we gotta. Damn, that's crazy. And again. Oh, no, no, our, our head brewer's just done such a good job that we knew that That's we could make it happen. You guys are not behind the ball. Because you look, What's his you name? look at breweries Garrett. in South Florida. Derek? Garrett. 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 Yeah, Garrett. 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 Garrett, hats off to you, man, because yep. honestly. Ryan's taking all the credit here. No, but Garrett, seriously, Garrett, sure. uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I was expecting to like these beers because there was a great reputation around Red Cypress, but I wasn't expecting to like these beers as much as I have tonight. And. And Ryan, you guys are doing an amazing thing, and and oh, my you. my money on who the, who the Orlando brewer to break uh, the mold is is Red uh, Cypress. Uh, I'm saying uh, it. Uh, I'm uh, saying it. Uh, Not that Red Cypress is bad, but you were supposed to go Bowiegas with me last week, and you bailed. Oh, oh, that's right. We were supposed to go. I'm saying who's going to make it big in the distribution world, and oh, they're already oh, oh. in distribution. Who's going to be the next? No, who's right, going to be the right. face of Orlando? My money is on Red Cypress, oh, and I, I, I really, I'm rooting yeah. for you guys because honestly, your beer is 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 genuinely good, I'll very good. Be at your tap room and once a week. Oh, that works and, for us. And honestly, Plus, like we don't, we don't have a, we don't have a presence. Look, either I'm I'm really bad at describing how good beers are, which apparently we're, up apparently we're good at it. Because people have told us we've described beers well, but I'm not good at it. I I don't understand yeah. it. But to be honest with you, I can't tell you how good these beers are because Red Cypress beers are very very good. Distribution wise, you guys are definitely king. Because you guys have no other companies. Mike loves Bowegans. I love. I do. You need to go Bowegans, Ryan. I haven't been there yet. I've met the guys. Well, we'll go. We'll all go together yeah. so we can all try it out. No, it sounds great. I've, I've had a. I've met the guys a couple. Peanut times. butter have a you know, They've been over it's our place, up. and I, I need to. Yeah, head Bobby. Over. I, I met Bobby. It was, we did. It was tough. We opened the brewery, and my wife was pregnant. Um, oh. So it was kind of like it wasn't like, oh hey, let's go try this brewery, and she's like. But I can't drink. But I can't. But I can't. Yeah, so I was like, oh, so now now that, uh, you know, number three has been born, we'll, we'll look at. Uh, Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so we got, we got a, we're going, Bo Wiegand's date, everybody? Yeah, we'll all go. Ryan's invited. Ryan, you, you, you going to join us, Ryan? Sure, I'll join. Awesome. Let me know. So, any 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 close any last words, Ryan? Anything you got to plug or no? I let mean, the that, masses know. Like that's it. Our uh, tap room opens uh, seven days a week next week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ask for us wherever you Sunday. can get beer on draft. I mean, that's we should be able to supply everyone. I'll be cool. With Goose. <laughs> so seven day <laughs> a week, great. you're open. Yeah. Awesome, Jeff. You got anything? The plug anything section. The plug anything, anything. Usually, as you guys know, I shamelessly plug World of Beer. But uh, this week, I genuinely am going to plug uh, Red Cypress, and, and I really am blown away by your guys' quality of beer. And um, 
I mean, that stout's incredible. Try yeah, the stout. No, for real. Try yeah. the freaking stout. It's incredible. It got and a unanimous A from everybody. Yeah. It w- yeah. It's it's incre- It's a great a great beer. All yeah. their beers are really good, and I, I'm blown away. So, yeah, absolutely. Red Cypress, get out to that brewery. It's going to be absolutely. it's, it's gonna local, be a big name sure. in Orlando. Drink local. Like a local. Goose, anything. Plug Red Cypress as well. I'm gonna, oh my Jeff, God. Jeff said the stout. So, Jeff said you got to okay, stout. Right. I'm going to say you got to try the Saison. It's, okay. It's that good, but I'm also going to plug some other things for World of Beer. Okay. Monday night, $5 burger night. You got to come out. You got to get it. $5 for a burger, lettuce, tomato, cheese, with a side, your choice, fries, tater tots, side apple kale slaw. You got to get it. I don't work Monday nights anymore, so I don't have to make <laughs> so it. So he's pitching the crowd out. I'm yeah. pitching it because I don't want to have to He's like, don't make me sell 100 burgers. Shit everybody else. I had to do that one week. I did 70 burgers in three hours. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I hope so. Also, February sixth, right? We're doing all you can uh, burger eating burger cha- competition. Burger burger eating competition. Is that the correct date? So that is the, the day before the correct date, guys. The day before the Super Bowl. The day before the big game. The big game. The Super Bowl. No, the soup. The soup bowl. The day before the bowl of soup. A bowl of soup. As All you can eat burgers. A burger eating competition. Eight minutes to see how many burgers you can eat. Winner gets a wheelbarrow of beer. Uh, yeah, wheelbarrow of beer. <laughs> and amongst a, other things. Amongst other things. Second <laughs> yeah. place. Uh, it, dude, the prizes are insane. Well, they're going to be awesome. Sponsored, was second? it sponsored by Goose we Island? Goose Island. Island. We already know John Decent's probably going to win that. What did we just so. say? No, Ariana's going to win that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what did we sign on? Like, a, a cooler is second place? A Goose Island cooler? I think the... No, the cooler's first place cooler's as well. first place and a case of beer. And, and, uh, beer. and a wheelbarrow full of beer. And a wheelbarrow of beer. Because you need a cooler a for your beer. Second, yeah, that's right. That's right. Second place is an, another couple cases of Bunch beer. Bunch of swag from Goose Island and, and stuff. Third place Bunch is of bar, really yeah, nice, bar tab. Really, really nice swag and a bar tab. Awesome. So come out, $25 entry, win it. First, second, and third, you get a great prize. Awesome. Well, I'm be here all morning making the burgers. As so always, guys, thanks for listening and watching if you're watching on YouTube. Hi, Preston. Hi, Preston. Be sure to visit Red Cypress, for real, in Red Winter Cypress. Springs. Yeah. They're open seven days a week. They're South's killer. <laughs> Amongst other things. Amongst it's named else. properly Death Roll is also killer. It's also <laughs> That is true. That will Jeff and is, dad jokes. So right, <laughs> yeah. Jeff bringing in the dad jokes every week. Ooh, wait, wait. I, I don't remember what dad jokes I already told. I can't tell another one. Okay. <laughs> Just don't drink drive. Visit Red Cypress seven days a week. Tell Ryan, visit Ryan, and everybody there, and tell them we sent you. You guys are our, you guys sponsor uh, Tom and Dan. Yep. yep. So that's that's another local Orlando podcast. I keep hearing you guys on NPR significantly too. bigger oh, than yeah? us, but that's yeah. okay. Nice. I, listen to a lot I, I, of I can get over it. Yeah, yeah but we're fan. way better. Different demographic, but yeah, go to we're Red Cypress. Beery. Not only drink local, support local by supporting Tom and Dan. And, and visit Ryan and everybody. You guys have games over there, right? At yeah. Red Side. Yeah. Play some games, drink some beer, do a tour. I'm going beer. I'm going this week. And the way and the, and the way Red Cyrus is going, Revenant, next month Sunday, they might have a whole Red new Cypress. facility. Revenant? <laughs> yeah. Done. Let's Leo. Go. Sunday. Let's awesome. go see it. You guys you guys are no longer on the show. Don't yeah. ever keep <laughs> Yeah. Visit Red Cyphers again. Drink local, support local. Good beer. Once again, thanks for listening and watching. And until next time. Cheers. 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 Cheers, everyone.